your side. The Drake and Northern Iowa women's basketball teams are both in action at home tonight. The Bulldogs entertain Indiana State. Panthers take on Evansville. The Packers with a lengthy injury report, but Christian Watson returned to practice. Pack can clinch a playoff spot with a win over the Bears on Sunday. The NCAA and ESPN announced a new $900 million eight-year broadcast deal that includes the rights to 40 championships, including women's basketball. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Thursday, Bubba's boneless wings are half price. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Hour number two, welcome back. It's Miller and Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, an hour away from Murph and Andy. They'll be here from 1 until 3, and then the drive with Heather and Sean take you home from 3 until 6. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll speak with Bill Bender. He'll be in Houston on Monday night to cover the uh, championship game, Washington, getting 4.5, uh, at least at this point, from the Wolverines and Michigan. Promises to be a good one. Both teams have certainly solid quarterbacks in Penix and J.J. McCarthy. But let's talk some basketball, shall we? Big 12 variety with our friend Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. Football as well with Matt, but uh, let's get him in here, Matt. Happy New Year, Trenton, Ken, and Des Moines. Thank you once again uh, for joining us. How are you, Matt? Hey, I'm good, guys. How are you? Doing well. I want to start with uh, with Baylor and Waco. Did I see, and I'm out, of, I'm out of state for a couple more days, um, but I saw an X, I guess we're calling it now. Baylor opened up a new facility, Matt? Yeah, they did. They just opened up the, the Foster Pavilion, which is their new basketball facility. It's If you're familiar with where uh, McLean Stadium is on campus there at Baylor, I believe it is right across the highway and right by the river uh, there on the Brazos River. So um, they've they've downsized the facility a little bit. I think it seats only 7,500 now, but mm-hmm. it's, it's modern. It's brand new. Um, I haven't had the chance to go down and, and take in the game yet. That's something I was to do. Uh, later on this basketball season, but uh, uh, on TV, no complaints except that the camera angle is awfully yes. high at the court. It's like camera and indoor high. It just it's I'm not sure why they didn't think that through, but uh, they've got they've got the camera guy up in the catbird seat, and that's a, a it's a nice all ten view if you're into breaking down <laughs> film. But yeah. It's a little it's a little far away for the viewer. Now, wasn't that the case? Sorry, Trent, for jumping in here again. No. But wasn't that the case with one of the Oklahoma schools? Maybe Oki State. O- yeah, I think before Oki State, State moved into their active. facility, right? They had that yeah. weird, weird camera angle from way up above. They do, and, and their facility is much bigger. I think it's like fifteen or sixteen thousand, and it's it's built more like uh, an NBA arena, and that you have the steep, uh, the steep angles in the seating, and you have the the full second tier going around the top of the arena, and that's part of what creates that that steep camera angle for the viewer in Stillwater. Looks really cool, uh, that new building, and we'll see charged up, and probably the right size, right, for Baylor, a smaller school, uh, what they're going to be able to have and have that thing banged out time in and time out. Well, let's start with the Bears since we're going here. Ray J. Davis comes in from Toledo. He's been leading the way offensively. Uh, and a young freshman again, Jacoby Walter. Uh, Scott Drew, uh, this guy has mm-hmm. not only... Early on, it was he was a good recruiter, not much of a coach. Obviously, that has morphed and, and changed that past that as we've evolved, and he's got a national championship and a whole lot more uh, that he's done with this program. What's the ceiling for Baylor this year? 
I, I think they can be at least a second weekend team in the NCAA tournament. Mm. It's not just that uh, Jacoby Walters come along uh, nicely on offense. Ray J. Dennis, great transfer, has given them some great offense. Uh, you know, Eves Missy, their seven-footer, gives them a dimension that they haven't really had the last couple of years. They've had competent big men inside, but they haven't had a player like him with his kind of wingspan, his ability to defend the rim, his ability to score and rebound. And he's really – he's kind of become the player that – Going into the season, I didn't know how he would blend in because he was a year early, like he early enrolled. Uh, he, he moved up from the class of 2025 into the class of 2024, or 2023 rather. And, you know, when you do that, you don't really know how that player is necessarily going to react because they're basically a year behind everyone. Well, he's, he is not a year behind everyone. He's caught up fast and he's going to be the X factor for them if they have a chance to, to win the Big 12 regular season title and to go deep in the NCAA tournament. I'm anxious for you to give your opinion on Iowa State because we think that they're a decent team, yet we saw them in the uh, Thanksgiving tournament out in Orlando. Virginia Tech beat them. A&M, who was under man, beat them. Um, it, it's time for, like everybody, to play somebody, right? We're yeah. salivating for the conference play, and there's there's no kind of easing your way into it for the clones. Here comes Oklahoma, followed up by Houston. So ready or not, here it comes. But your thoughts on what TJ's um, – going to put on the floor this year. Hassan Ward is back just in time for Big 12 play. Got his feet wet uh, in the final non-con game last weekend. Where are you on the Cyclones? I, I like them. I, I feel like right now, if you if you tier the conference, and I do on my power rankings, basically the six ranked teams are in the first tier right now, and I think that's a, an appropriate place for all six of those teams. Iowa State is my first team on that second tier, and the team that I feel like is the most likely to jump from tier two to tier one at some point this season. Obviously, they're playing the kind of defense we're used to seeing them play. But as I was telling Big 12 Radio the other day, you know, they're they're shooting the three as a team about five or six percent better than they were a year ago. Uh, Tame and Lipsy has obviously improved tremendously, not just as a guard, but as a shooter. I think his three-point shooting percentage is around 35, 36 percent. And really, as a team, their ability to shoot the three is kind of what they've been missing the last couple of years. They've had guys like Isaiah Brockington that can do it and Gabe Clouster, they can do it. But they really have three or four threats on the floor that can, can hit from distance. And when you – that's going to give Iowa State the ability to spread the floor more from a from an offensive standpoint and create more issues for opposing defenses. So they don't have to win – I don't think they have to win games, you know, 55-50, 60-55 anymore. I think they have enough offensive firepower to hang with the majority of the teams in this conference while still playing the kind of defense we're used to seeing them play. I, I like them as a kind of a, a a party crasher, so to speak, when it comes to the conference race. Maybe they're one of those teams that can kind of slip into the top four seeds when it comes to the Big 12 tournament. And, you know, they, they reached the Sweet 16 a couple of years ago. You never know what happens when you get into the tournament. But I like where they're at right now, even though they haven't played as rigorous a schedule as, say, Kansas or some of these other teams. I like where they're at right now. It's very difficult for the Texas Longhorns and anything to kind of fly under the radar, but... <laughs> Seems to be the case with yeah. the Longhorns, at least to this point in the season. Their two big games that they had in the non-conference fall to UConn and Marquette. Really non-competitive in both of those games. Tyrese Huntner, obviously a guy that we know incredibly well here from this state. Max Amos, who made that great run with Oral Roberts a couple of years back. He's with him in the backcourt. Your thoughts on this Longhorn team in the first full year with Rodney Terry now at the helm? Yeah, they're they're in really good shape. I mean, first of all, they're healthy. They got Dylan DeSue back a couple of weeks ago. That helps their front court. 
uh, Max has come in and give them, given them a dimension offensively they have not had for really a long time. I mean, this is not a team that has shot the three-point shot particularly well as a team. They've had little pockets of guys that could do it. But like Iowa State, they've not been in traditionally a really good three-point shooting team. Uh, Max has really helped them with that this year. You know, obviously he's a score-first point guard, but the fact that he can you know make a shot from anywhere on the floor and do it consistently is something Texas has kind of struggled with from the perimeter of the past few years. So you combine that Hunter's improvement with the return of Sioux, uh, Dylan Mitchell has really improved this year. He's no longer just an athletic guy that jumps up and gets the ball. He can create his shot now. He can rebound better. He can defend better. Uh, you're right. They are kind of under the radar. They've actually been dropping in the AP poll, and the only reason that I can really figure out is because they do have those two losses against ranked teams going into Big 12 play. But I think they're very much going to be competitive in the conference, and I think they're very much going to influence who ends up being the conference champion, and you know maybe just as importantly, who is the top four seeds at the conference tournament in March? Because with those top four seeds come the double bye uh, in the conference tournament. Get out your crystal ball. The final day of the of Big Twelve play regular season, Houston and Kansas are going to collide in Houston. What's what what's at stake in that in that game? Could that be for the number one overall seed going into the Big Twelve tournament? It quite possibly could be. Um, I, I'd be 50-50 on that right now. I, I, I've gotten a lot of questions about Houston and why I'm bullish on Houston, and the reality is Houston plays like a Big 12 team already. They've played like a Big 12 team for two years now. They defend extremely well. They have a great complement of guards who can drive to the basket, who can shoot the ball from outside. Uh, I wasn't real bullish on their interior game coming into the season, and I, I still think they have some improvement to do there. But they've come along a lot quicker with their front court than I thought they were going to. And that's kind of the one area where if you're thinking about the rigor of Big 12 play, that could be something that opponents could exploit. But, you know, on every other level, they're already a Big 12 team. Uh, you know, this is a team that got to the Final Four when Baylor won the championship in 2021. So they're going to be highly competitive from the very beginning in this conference. I think the trick for them and the trick for all the other new teams that are coming into the league is, you know, you're going to be facing high major competition twice a week for 10 weeks. You know, you've got to be able to manage that physically. You've got to be able to manage that emotionally. You know, Get off that high if you win a game. Come back from that low if you lose a game. Uh, there aren't any easy games in this conference. When you consider, I think somebody posted on Twitter last night, the remaining strength of schedule for each team in the, in the country, the top 14 are in the Big 12. So <laughs> there's, <laughs> there, there's no free lunch in this league, and Kelvin Sampson knows it, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if there was some if that game in Houston, as you mentioned, had some sort of influence on maybe not who's in the top four, but maybe who is number one and who is number two. The other uh, team off to a great start coming in for the first year is BYU, and the step up for them coming from the WCC to this. Mark Pope is an outstanding coach, good veteran team, as it seemingly always is with BYU, but this is different going from the WCC to the Big 12. What do you anticipate how this is going to play out? At minimum, a tournament team for the Cougars? Yeah, I think they're at minimum a, a tournament team. In fact, I think a lot of people thought they were going to be a tournament team last year, but uh, they just couldn't get all the pieces put together because two years ago they were in and out of the top 25 and they got into the NCAA tournament. You know, what I really love about them right now is just how versatile they are on offense. They have seven players that are averaging nine points a game. Now, that's, some of that's going to level out as you get into Big 12 play, but there are three leading scorers, uh, Jackson Robinson, Trevin Nell and Noah Waterman are all shooting better than 40% from the three-point line. They're all shooting nearly 50% from the floor. 
Uh, they're averaging 90 points a game. Uh, they're rebounding well. You know, he's, he's got this team moving in a, a really good direction. I'm really curious to see. You know, they start the conference slate with Cincinnati, so they're going to start with one of the new teams to get moving here as they get further into the Big 12 slate. You know, again, as with Houston and UCF and Cincinnati, can they handle the physicality in this conference? You know, we, we talk all the time about how, you know, it's an 18-game rock fight. How much is that rock fight going to wear you down? I think BYU is built up enough to where they can handle it. They're going to take their lumps. I think they may be one of those teams that kind of falls off my first tier of my power rankings at some point. But given where they are now, uh, the record that they have, um, we got 11 teams in the conference with 10 or more wins. They're a team that I feel like, to me, as long as they go 500 or better in the conference, I, I, I feel very comfortable putting them in the NCAA tournament field. Uh, could people be yelling at the radios right now, guys, you're giving this too much thought. I mean, it's Kansas, after all. It's Bill Self. It's Hunter Dickinson. It's McCuller. It's Harrison. It's Adams. Uh, are we overlooking the Jayhawks? No, I think, to me, they're the favorite. And for all the reasons you just mentioned, and, and really, when you think about Hunter Dickinson, he's really just given them a different dimension than they had a year ago. I mean, K.J. Adams did great work as an undersized five, but there's nothing like having a 7-2 guy inside who can rebound, who can score, who can block shots, and you know, have that kind of mean streak that you want your, your seven-footer to have. Uh, but really, along with him, Kevin McCullough has just had a fantastic year so far. I mean, this is exactly what NBA scouts have been asking him to do for two years. That's why he's gone through the process twice and come back, because they've been telling him, offensively, you're not there yet. We love everything about your game, rebounding, defense, all the intangibles, but we need you to prove to us that you can be a consistent scorer at this high major college basketball level. Even though we know you're not going to be that in the NBA, we need to know you can get your own shot. And he's proven here so far in non-conference that he can finally be the kind of player that goes and gets his own shot consistently. Consistently, And when you throw that in with the way that he plays defense, the way that he, play, he rebounds, you know, right now I think a lot of folks would say Hunter Dickinson might be the Big 12 player of the year. To me right now, I, I think McCullers 1A in that category. Matt, we put a post on the end of the season for the Big 12 in football. Texas falling in the Sugar Bowl at the hands of Washington. Obviously, a lot of change coming next year with the departures of Oklahoma and Texas off to the SEC and the additions coming in with the corner schools. Going to be a whole lot different. Who would you put right now? Who's the preseason favorite? Still a lot to be determined, obviously, in the transfer portal. But who would be your pick right now in next year's new look Big 12? You know, it's it's really going to be a lot of fun because I really think there are probably at least a half a dozen teams you could put in that in that slot right now. Um, I saw somebody, I think it was John Canzano, said that Utah and Arizona are going to come in and dominate yeah. football from day one. No, but both of those teams will be very competitive in this conference mm-hmm. from day one because they're they're built for it. Right now, I feel like Kansas State would be the favorite if I look at their quarterback situation. If I look at you know what they have coming back on offense and defense. I mean, replacing Cooper BB is going to be a big uh, thing for them from the offensive line standpoint. But I really feel like they've been so consistent the last two years. They've been so good the last two years. Chris Kleeman has done a tremendous job of recruiting. His staff has done a great job of developing players. Um, even with the loss of Colin Klein to A&M, I really feel like they're kind of the, the slight favorite right now in the conference. But watch Arizona. Watch Utah. Watch Texas Tech. Watch TCU. You know, they, they, they could have a bounce back year. 
I think Iowa State's in there, too. Oklahoma State went to the Big 12 championship game. We should not forget about them. Uh, Oliver's coming back. Um, Ollie Gordon's coming back. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, no, you're not going to have that classic blue blood football program, but this is going to be one of the most competitive races in the country and perhaps the most competitive Big 12 football race in history because there are just so many good teams and it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Sign me up. Yeah, you mentioned BB. It's not often after a bowl game that ESPN wants to talk to an offensive lineman <laughs> in their post game, and that's what they did when they when they sought out BB. You know, another school that I guess I didn't because West Virginia didn't play Iowa State this year, and it's like, I oh, guess yeah. kind of out of sight, out of mind. What a year that they had! <laughs> Nobody saw this coming. Neil Brown was going to be fired for crying out loud. Yeah, they were picked last in the conference by the coaches, and they won nine games. I think it was their first nine-win season since 2016. I think you've really got to, you know, you could have made a case for him to be a coach of the year in the Big 12 just because of what he was able to do with that team, the expectations relative to what they did. Uh, I was expecting them to win maybe three or four games, and they ended up winning eight in regular season. Uh, you know, I think it's a testament sometimes you've got you to gotta stick with the, the coach that you have, you know, because sometimes – you got to trust that they have things moving in the right direction. They're they're a stealthy portal team. They brought in two or three guys from the portal this past year that really had a huge role in their turnaround. And as long as they can continue to to you know grab those three or four guys that are maybe under the radar out of the portal that can help you immediately and continue to recruit the way they're recruiting, they're 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 another team to me. It's like yeah. They've got Garrett Green coming back. They've got most of their offensive weapons coming back. They've got solid defensive players coming back. They're in good shape, too. They're, I, think, I think they're in the race as well. Heartland College Sports for Matt Poston and a terrific cast of uh, writers over there. Matt, uh, Trent and I both love power rankings. How often do you update them? What day do they come out? Uh, men's and women's come out every Monday. Monday. Good stuff. We'll be looking for that. And we'll talk to you a whole bunch during the uh, conference plays. We always do. We appreciate the relationship, Matt. Happy uh, New Year to you and everybody at Hutton College Sports. Enjoy conference plays. It gets set to uh, uh, begin um, on Saturday. Thank you, Matt. Hey, you bet, guys. Appreciate it. Yep, good to talk to you, Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports as we take a look at the Big 12, what should be a fascinating race. I uh, didn't bring up K-State and Jerome Tang, Trent. Yeah. I, uh, I think I missed there with one of my futures. I did get a kick out of you, though, uh, trying to build up your future portfolio and picking Poston's brain on college football already uh-huh. for next year when those numbers come out. Uh, look. John Canzano's a clown, plain and simple. He's a clown. He was so wrong on the Big 12 or the Pac 12 rather implosion. I'm sure he's got a nice resume, uh, but he's a, he's a puppet, uh, is what, is what he is for. Uh, I think it was Washington State. One, one of the two left behinds, um, you know, was feeding him the information and he was swallowing it hook, line and sinker and then regurgitating it. Look, Utah's going to be good. Yeah. Arizona's going to be good. There's no question about that. I think Colorado's going to be good. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. You know, it just dawned on me. When have we heard from Deion Sanders in the month of December? Have we? It's been pretty quiet, hasn't it? Right? Very interesting. Yeah. Is there bounce around in the portal trying to find, fix that offensive line, get a little more talent out there for them? It's been incredibly quiet for Dion. Now, maybe we haven't been seeking it out. It just hasn't been plugged maybe. in. But yeah, I'm right there with you. It's kind of interesting that he's been incredibly quiet at this point. Uh, speaking of the Big 12, there are odds for the 2025 College Football Championship. This is from Offshore at Bet Online, But they are in front of this one. Your betting favorite, 
To win, it, this is the Big 12? This is to win the national championship. Oh, to win the Natty. Yes. Oh, wow. I'll get to the first Big 12 team here in a moment. But your betting favorite is, any guess? Uh, it is um, Alabama. They're the second choice. Georgia is the betting favorite. 5-1, to one, okay. Alabama plus 550. The Buckeyes, without a quarterback, are 7-1. to one. Strange. And the receivers are leaving one yeah, after another. I can't get behind that one. Texas, new to the SEC at 9-1. to one. Michigan, 10-1. to one. Boy, they're going to lose a ton. And yep. maybe their coach on top of it. I L- think they are going to lose Harbaugh. I really do. LSU and Oregon, both 12-1. to one. Next up on the list, Ole Miss, who loses Judkins today. He goes into the portal. They're outstanding wow. running back. Yeah. They're 14 to 1. Florida State 18 to 1. Penn State 25 to 1. Tennessee 25 to 1. Notre Dame 28 to 1. We're still waiting for that first team from the new really? look Big 12. You have to go all the way down past There it is. 60 to 1. The Kansas State Wildcats are the first betting choice, followed up by Utah 75 to 1. Arizona is 100 to 1. Uh, let's see here. Scrolling a little bit further. What would you rather bet? Nebraska at 150 to 1 or Iowa 250 to 1? <laughs> one of those schools. Uh, I think I would rather save my money, Trent. How about Iowa State at 400 to 1? That's what the clones are, 400 to 1? Jeez. What's Texas Tech? Can you find those? Can you find the Red Raiders? Uh, I'm not saying they're going to win the national championship. All right, just trying to figure where they fit in the grand scheme of things. Uh, they finally figured it out late in the season, I thought, but um, they're one of the bigger disappointments. Who's the biggest? Uh, I, don't, I, don't know, I know where you're going to go. It's Baylor, the biggest disappointment oh, this yeah. year in the Big 12 football-wise. They were awful. I mean, there's not even a second. Uh, you, they can't come up with another disappointing team, can you? No. And probably- I mean, that ilk? Who uh, Who is the better story, West Virginia or Iowa State? Well, from where we sit, right. um, um, I didn't see West Virginia coming. I didn't, like, I didn't see Iowa State coming in right. one and two. Yep. Uh, who was a better story? You know what? I'll give it to the clones. We'll keep it good, Not, good here, right? Yeah, and here's the thing. It was addition by subtraction when those kids were suspended. It really was. Hunter Deckers was going to lose his job to uh, to Rocco Beck. Jirel Brock was not going to be the guy, I don't think. Sure, Isaiah Lee. You'd love to have Jake Remsburg on that offensive line. Um, the the tight end uh, that he said was a dean. Um, no, it Hanukkah. was um, Hanukkah. Deshaun Hanukkah. Um, they they had better tight ends there. So I, I truly believe it was addition by subtraction overall. And at one and two and the team was dead. Sure, let's give it to the clones as they finish seven and six. Bill Bender will join us from the Sporting News. I'm going to ask him about the Dion thing. Is that good news? Are they just a different strategy? Mm. Or does nobody want to go there to play for, for Dion? Remember <laughs> the, the bluster at this time last year? I mean, you couldn't turn on... Your TV without seeing a Deion Sanders update. Not the case this year. Bender next on college football. The Natty coming up on Monday night. He will be there. Michigan, a four and a half point favorite at most books. Trent's plays of the day. Circus Sports sponsor those. Those come your way before one. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.net. <laughs> 
Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on your podcast. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at Wolf Roof. Free never sounded so good. If you have a low interest rate on your property and a lower tolerance for tenants, then you have two choices. Sell it and say goodbye to a great investment or keep it. Hold on to that rate and let the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse manage it for you. Why hire Renner's Warehouse? Because we free you to do the things you love, like take a vacation, have dinner with your family, or acquire more properties to achieve more financial independence. You already know that renting delivers cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits. Renner's Warehouse also frees you from finding tenants, collecting rent, and handling those annoying 3 a.m. maintenance calls. The choice is yours. Sell your property, keep DIYing everything, or hire Renner's Warehouse to get the best of all worlds. You're free to cancel within 90 days and even get your management fees back. Go to renterswarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis or call 515-528-44 in West Des Moines. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you until 1 o'clock. Trent's plays in the day still to come. Let's get to right uh, to Bill Bender. He's only got 10 minutes or so with us, so we will pick his brain on what he expects to see as he will be uh, at, they still call it, Reliant, right, in um, in Houston for the National Championship. Bill, uh, Trent and Ken, Happy New Year. Thanks for coming on. Know you're busy. How are you, Bill Bender? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I saw it the sporting news. You and your colleagues went back and forth. This is a very close pick. I hope that it turns out that way, that we do get a terrific football game to bring the curtain down on the season. Um, obviously, two really good quarterbacks. Is there an edge at quarterback in your mind, Penix or J.J. McCarthy? Um, yeah, not really. I think it's pretty even. I mean, Michael Penix definitely has the statistics, and we were all he's kind of the man of the hour after his performance at the uh, – Sugar Bowl, but I mean, he's just a high volume shooter that was on fire. Uh, yeah. JJ McCarthy takes fewer shots, but maybe a little more efficient, doesn't turn the ball over. I think it's a great quarterback matchup because both of them will probably get drafted in the first round. The importance of Dylan Johnson obviously went down mm-hmm. in that final play from scrimmage for the Huskies. Uh, he is going to go make it a go here, and they anticipate he's going to be out there Monday night. Limited, we will see on that front. But why is he so important for this offense and what they do? Obviously, the passing game always gets the headlines. The importance of their running back, Johnson. I mean, they were able to beat Texas without a sustained running game, but that won't be the case against Michigan. They're going to have to be more complete because if Michigan makes you one-dimensional, they'll be able to do what they did with Alabama, which the surprise in that game was Michigan got after it with the blitz a little more. 
I mean, they landed a lot. They confused Alabama in the first half. And, you know, it's going to be one of those contrasting styles games. So, yeah, if they if Michigan can make you one-dimensional, even with those receivers, I mean, I've, seen, I've watched them do it to Ohio State the last three years. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, Bill, it, it seems to me, and when the, when the, as soon as Michigan got through and we knew that Washington was going to win the Sugar Bowl, I, I, I started looking uh, for Blake Corum props because I think he's going to have a monster game and that he's going to get a ton of carries in this football game. Would you be, are you, I guess, of the opinion that Blake Corum is going to have a huge role and is going to be very busy on Monday night? Oh, 20 to 25 carries. Uh, what's, I wonder what that number's at, Ken. 100, 120? Has to be. Yeah, he's going to hit that, too. I think he's going to have a monster game. I was thinking about this yesterday. I mean, he has scored three of the most memorable touchdowns in recent Michigan memory. The one against Penn State, the, the momentum turner against Ohio State, and then Monday night with the way that he was able to get in the end zone in overtime. Um, part of that team, senior leader, anybody that's been around him knows what a good guy he is on top of it. Uh, impossible not to like him. And uh, he's going to have a monster game. I, You know, maybe I'm off. Maybe it's some Big Ten. Well, original Big Ten bias, I suppose. But I feel like Michigan's going to take that momentum from beating Alabama and literally run with it. Looking at the uh, numbers right now, these are from Bet Rivers. The over under one oh seven and a half for rushing oh, yards for Corum and uh, rushing attempts twenty three and a half. So I think we already know a play there for Ken Miller as he's going to jump aboard on that one. It's contrasting styles. It's up and down. I mean, is it as simple as whoever dictates pace here, the kind of game, the way that it plays out, is going to win this football game? Is that is it that simple for you? Yeah, I mean, we're going to find out what Michigan learned from playing TCU last year. Remember, we were talking about that in the lead-up, and I was telling you guys that TCU makes this a Big 12 game. Yeah, Michigan be in a little trouble, and they still almost came back. But if Washington's able to make it a track meet, get it in the 30s, they'll be fine. Uh, you know, in contrast, Michigan, they can't outthink it. Just do what they – that's what they didn't do at the end of – it's what they outthought it against TCU last year. At the end of the Alabama game, they didn't outthink it. They went out and won the game and did what they did best, and even on that last goal line play. Bill, are you of the opinion that this is uh, Jim Harbaugh's last game as head coach of Michigan? I'm down 50 and leaning toward the NFL. Yep. Just, just a punch. I don't have any sources that say he's going to the Chargers or the Raiders or anything like that. I've just read enough and, and been around it enough to know when somebody deflects that many times, and doesn't just come out and say, hey, I'm working to try to be back in Michigan. Because I think when you've done, he's leaving himself. And if he leaves Michigan now, there's not any Michigan fans that are going to be mad. They'll blame the NCAA, if anything. Um, but <laughs> yep. I feel like the Chargers and the Raiders, if the Raiders do not retain Antonio Pierce, would make the most sense to me. Well, if that does happen, a lot of people anticipate it's just going to be rubber stamping Sharon Moore to become the new head coach there. He's already beat Ohio State's got a 6 and 0 record already on his resume as the one, but Kalen DeBoer on the other side. He is maybe Michigan's one of the few jobs he would actually be looking at to leave Washington for would be a blue blood like the Wolverines. I mean, what an intriguing storyline you have there. Harbaugh, I think likely on his way out, and one of the few head coaches out there that at that level that'd be looking at Michigan could be DeBoer. Do you, do you see that angle maybe playing out, maybe being talked about when you get down to Houston? 
It will be. I mean, and he would be a candidate, certainly. And so would guys like Lance Leopold. Mm-hmm. Who I, I'm just stunned he's still at Kansas, honestly, because I'm, I'm stunned that nobody's picked him up or, you know, a couple others. But I, I do think the runway's cleared, and it feels a little bit like Ohio State when Meyer – they went in for Meyer. And whereas, like, Sharon had the audition, not a bad audition, by the way, and uh, then, then they were able to clear that for him to be the next coach, and I kind of feel that's the way we're headed here. How is the fan base, the Buckeyes fan base with Ryan Day? Well, I mean, it's just going to be, you know, what's the quarterback plan? I think the disappointment, the bull game is what it is. You can only be so upset about a bull game where guys opt out and the, the environment that we have with bull games now, but I think some of the disappointment was why didn't they let Devin Brown turn it loose a little bit? Why didn't they let Lincoln Keenholz, like, why be so conservative with all this talent they have? There'll be a ton of pressure on them in next year, and it's not just Michigan. It's getting the quarterback right. It's getting – there's going to be a lot of just angry Ohio State fans if they watch Michigan win the national title on Monday night. So we have the transfer portal going on. It's crazy every single day. There's a whole bunch of opt-outs for the bowl games, and away we go. Uh, the news today, though, from down at Old Miss, as Quinshawn Judkins, as good of a running back as you're going to find in college football, uh, the rumblings out there is, you look what Jackson Dart's getting, he said, well, why am I not getting paid that much? And he's going to see what's out there for him. He wasn't making pennies either playing at Old Miss. Just this environment where you see star players that – or get looked after, but maybe not enough. Are, are we ready for this full-fledged free agency that it feels like we have now in college football? I don't, I don't think so. I, I think it's just incredibly risky what we're dealing with here. And then I, you know, one of the things I wrote, Trent, was, we're, okay, I get it. We're going to a 14 playoff, but, uh, or to a 12-team playoff. Are we ready for that, for real? I mean, are we ready for the... the possibility that these kids will opt out of 12-team playoff games if they don't like the matchup? Are we? Have we fixed the transfer portal? Have we fixed no. the calendar yet? No. I just don't know about expanding when the other things aren't set because it could ruin the product before it starts, if that makes sense. Bill, no, we only have two more uh, minutes with you. I-, I got a couple of things. If you, where's the ACC? Might this be this off season? Quote off season of college football. Might this be a big talker? Uh, does the ACC? Does Florida State? Do obviously the lawyers are involved. How's this going to end? Will it end? Will there be some closure before the 2024 season? We'll see, but I, I doubt it. I-, I think it's one of those where. Um, We'll see if there's closure, but it, it's one of those things where I, I think this if it goes to the court, it's going to take forever. If Florida State continues to be loud and, and anti, you know, we got to get out of here, maybe they come to a settlement at some point. But right now I think Florida State's stuck. I think the ACC's dug in, that they're going to continue. And, and the lawyer that I spoke to, an attorney who is familiar with this kind of stuff, Mark Wilhelm, he told me it's going to be very difficult for Florida State to get out of that grant of rights. Interesting. And finally, Bill, uh, analytics at the Sporting News. We think, Trent and I, we we were both slow to get into bowl season. Once we got there, like on the 27th, we couldn't turn it off as there were, you know, the games going by the wayside and fewer and fewer uh, left in our season. Was was the, I guess, the clicks, for lack of a better term, at the Sporting News, were you still getting viewership on, on the bulls like you have in past year, or is the public interest starting to wane? Well, I mean... 
Yes and no. I mean, there's always interest in the bowl games, but it's interesting that you, where you got to find that interest. I mean, obviously, like things like pop tarts were, were very interesting for one night, and then the bowl games can still be fun with pop tarts and cheez-its and mayo bats and those kind of things. But the overall value of these games, yeah, I think there's a little bit less interest if it's not in the playoff. Our playoff content is doing great. You know, a lot of people, and sure. I, I don't know why people are reading me because. I missed both semifinals. I got them both wrong. <laughs> uh, who do you have on uh, on Monday night? I'm taking Michigan by a touchdown, and I think they could win by more. And maybe I'm just – maybe it's Big Ten homer. Maybe it's – like I said, I just remember Ohio State doing the same thing to Oregon 10 years ago and the mm-hmm. same narrative, and they just walloped them. And I think Michigan's running game and the defense will be the difference. Penix will put up a good fight. Washington will hang. But I think Jim Harbaugh, as much as everybody's going to hate it, is going to hold up that national championship trophy. Indeed. Well, you'll be there to see it. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, thanks for what you do for us throughout the season. We'll talk periodically uh, in the uh, in the off season. Thank you, Bill. Enjoy Houston. Hey, thanks so much for fitting me in, guys. Appreciate you. Take care. Yep. Good, yep. Good to talk to you. Happy New Year. Bill Bender uh, from the Sporty News as we take a look uh, at the national championship. So, Corm, 107 yards, did you say? And yeah. 23 carries? 23 and a half, the number there. I jumped right aboard with you. I went over on Blake Corum. I, I think they are going to move the football, and he's going to be a big part of that. Mm-hmm. The Donovan Edwards numbers were really down. I was a little bit surprised by that. As I uh, okay. bring the prop sheet back up here for the game, let's see, sliding over to rushing, player rushing yards. Donovan Edwards, 25 and a half. Eesh. Eesh. Um, well, we'll see. I mean, he, he can certainly go over that number. We've seen that before. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. Trent's plays of the day are coming up next. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. If you have a low interest rate on your property and a lower tolerance for tenants, then you have two choices. Sell it and say goodbye to a great investment or keep it. Hold on to that rate and let the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse manage it for you. Why hire Renner's Warehouse? Because we free you to do the things you love, like take a vacation, have dinner with your family, or acquire more properties to achieve more financial independence. You already know that renting delivers cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits. Renter's Warehouse also frees you from finding tenants, collecting rent, and handling those annoying 3 a.m. maintenance calls. The choice is yours. Sell your property, keep DIYing everything, or hire Renter's Warehouse to get the best of all worlds. You're free to cancel within 90 days and even get your management fees back. Go to RentersWarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis or call 515-528-4429. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-J-O-Y. The Neighborhood Tavern at 1350th Street in West Des Moines is under new ownership. And it's now Bevy's Tavern. It's a great place to unwind after a long day, catch up with friends, catch a ball game over delicious drinks and tasty bites. Come eat, come sip. 
and come socialize. Bevy's Tavern, with new ownership at 1350th Street, just off 235. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Circus Sports sponsor Trent's Plays of the Day. We do this each and every day about this time. How did you do yesterday? Two and four yesterday, and there were some just bad calls overall. There were some that just were not even close. So one of those days, we'll chalk it up. But here's the good news. As yes. we had basketball that started this morning at 10 a.m., we already got a winner in the book. <laughs> Do you? Oh, yeah. yeah we, Who we, played at 10 o'clock this morning and why? Well, it was the uh, matchup between St. Francis, not the New York one, no, the Pennsylvania one. They took on Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart, up 20, thought I was cruising. Got a little tight there at the end, but we got home a winner in that one. We got some more dreck here, speaking of those kind of games. Uh, these are plays, again, just number system plays that I have. Wright State, minus 5.5. Eastern Kentucky plus one and a half at home. Northern Kentucky laying one at home against Youngstown. Uh, one other ugly one in there, Cal Santa Barbara. They're laying five and a half. But of games of actual interest, Gonzaga tonight, they get Pepperdine. So Pepperdine's not very good. All right, bad WCC team. That matters. Gonzaga certainly does not look great at this point. This is how bad Pepperdine is. They lost by 22 to Louisville. Uh, that's an automatic play. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 20 and a half with Gonzaga there. A couple of fun late-night games in the Pac-12 tonight. Arizona playing host to Colorado. Arizona just has not played very well here over the last couple of weeks. This is a fade of the Wildcats. I'm going to grab Colorado plus 12 and a half in that matchup. Sunday, Arizona was blown out by Stanford. A pretty average Stanford team. That was an eye-opener there. Also going to grab the points tonight with Oregon State plus the 12 at Washington State. And then one more, I'm going to play Wichita tonight against North Texas in the Americans. So seven plays overall, one already at home as we got Wright State, Eastern Kentucky, Northern Kentucky, Wichita, Gonzaga, Colorado, Cal Santa Barbara, and Oregon State. Well, we know the Big 12 is off today. A couple of Big 10 games, right? I know there's uh, one late in the uh, late in the evening. While Michigan is hosting Minnesota. And I think there's an earlier game, too. Is there not? Penn Peacock State, has Mich- it? Yeah, Penn there State, Michigan State. Yeah, that's both Peacock games tonight. Penn State, Michigan State, Minnesota, and Michigan. One thing we didn't bring up after the game, I stayed on Peacock in that studio show with Leah Boston. We talked about her. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who the other guy was that was there on the desk. He was really good, too. I I thought they did a really good job. You know what NBC is working to do is they're trying to get the rights, some kind of package for the NBA. Feels like they're kind of building up their basketball resume a little bit there. And obviously the influx of the Big Ten, that'll be interesting. People talk about, well, is Amazon going to get a streaming part of the package for Mm -hmm. the NBA? Maybe don't sleep on Peacock. They're doing a really nice job. I've been impressed by their coverage. Yes, it's streaming and it's not as good as TV, but... They've done a good job of building that thing up. No, but it's here, and we can whine and complain, and we, we will. will because yep. we're old. Yep. Uh, but uh, like it or not, it's here. Did, the uh, the news that I did see media relate media wise uh, that disappointed me was the fact that Fox potentially is going to jump in with a huge bid to try and get some of the college football play. The last thing I want to do is to have the screamer screaming at me uh. on the final game of the regular season. I can't stand it. Uh, I think he's is is. 
his expiration date is long gone. Uh, but I just, I just can't stand it. I've, I can't even think of his name. Gus Johnson. Um, Gus Johnson just, just drives me. And I love Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt's terrific. Joel Klatt can, uh, analyze a game for me any day, but Gus Johnson just, it's the same play over and over and over again. Gus, it's a gain of two. It's second and eight. Pipe down. What was he calling Marvin Harrison this year? Uh, he had the car term for him. I was a big Gus fan. I'm a Gus fan in basketball. He makes too many mistakes. That's my problem with him. He makes mm-hmm. as many mistakes as a number one broadcaster as you're going to find. Can't do that. And he does. And that's the thing that bothers me more than anything is just the mistakes that he makes. I, I still like the excitement at the end. Better in basketball, though, than I think in. Hmm. We sh- yeah, I've just, I've had enough of him. Anyways, uh, the audience has had enough of us. We will give way. Come back tomorrow, though, uh, from 11 to 1. Murph and Andy are next. They take you until 3. The Drive with Heather and Sean, 3 to 6. Of course, every day starts locally at 6 a.m. with the Morning Rush. We're Miller and Condon weekdays from 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.